you can bring up what you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Well, what happens when the police try to do the right thing? Well, if you've listened to the show before, you probably already know the answer. First of all, most police try to avoid doing the uh, the right thing when it comes to exposing their corrupt co-officers because, well, they know that they'll suffer consequences. Because they know, if you're a good cop, you probably know that the corruption rises through the ranks. We've had cops tell us this, multiple police, multiple former cops, telling us this over the years on this program, that the corruption is systemic, that it that the, the most corrupt and corruptible rise up in, in the power uh, structure of the government police departments. And if you try to speak out about some of the abuses and some of the, uh, the awful things that you know are going on from, from the inside, you're punished. They will, you know, put you on the overnight shift if you were previously on days. Or they'll cut you out of doing uh, overtime, which is pretty sweet when you're a cop. Overtime, time and a half. And, yeah. You know, it's $100 nice. an hour. Yeah, it's nice. So, so there's punishment. And, the, you know, the good cops know this. So they, unfortunately, are relegated to keeping their good copiness quiet and just kind of doing the right thing when they get the opportunity quietly. And usually that just means helping you out and not... Uh, you know, not going and throwing the book at you, that kind of thing. If they pull you over, uh, not arresting you for marijuana and just giving you a ticket or something like that. I mean, that, that tends to be how good cops, the better cops, uh, do their thing. Is they, uh, you know, they use their discretion personally to look the other way. But as far as chasing down the corruption in their, their own ranks, they are pretty much neutered. There's really not much that can be done. And when they stand up for themselves, when they stand up for what they believe in, when they stand up for the oath that they took, they're still punished. In the case of our friend Brad Jardis, who is one of the law enforcement against prohibition members here in New Hampshire, he stood up for what he believed in as far as his viewpoint on ending the war on drugs. And as a result of that, he's been punished. As a result of that, he, well, you could look at it as being punished, or you can look at it as a paid vacation. He's on paid vacation right now as they've suspended him uh, pending some sort of investigation trying to allegedly get him fired, right? Government uh, jobs are nice. Huh? They are right. It is sweet when you get paid vacation just, you know, sit around, do nothing. It's really hard to get fired from a government job, so I guess. So that's what's happening with him right now. I is, saw one of his uh, Facebook updates. He's going to get paid uh, to do yoga class earlier today or yeah, it's yesterday sweet. or something. It's sweet. But he really wants to be back out there. I mean, he Brad is somebody who got into law enforcement because he wanted to catch the bad guys. You right. Know, he to... there, there's all different personalities that get into law enforcement, and, and Brad's got one of those that you really want to have gotten into law enforcement. Yes. He's, you know, he's one of those good guys, and uh, you know, he keeps his armor polished to gleaming white, and uh, you know, he likes to help people. That's exactly why he got into uh, to the business. So he, he would rather not be sitting on the sideline collecting a paycheck, as, as nice and cushy as that, as that might be. He'd rather be out there going after real criminals that are really hurting people. But he can't. What were you going to say? Dan? I was going to say it's a real dilemma for me. And I imagine if I were in that position, I wouldn't be able to to do it. And uh, I know Brad, in his mind, if he's gone, then uh, someone much worse is going to be in Take that place, role. Yeah. But it's such a dilemma because you have to – I mean, he can't act in accordance with his principles in that in Well, that role, he can. So. I mean, he can. 
Cops well, have discretion. Get, like, like you said, and get uh, what he and can't go do. Through all this stuff that he's going through right now. Right. There's there's a level to which he can um, avoid enforcing bad laws. You know, he can when he's out on his own, he can use total discretion and do what he thinks is right. But as far as bringing his coworkers uh, to accountability for the things that they've done, there's very little that can be done because the thin blue line is essentially it's a gang. You know, the the police are a gang. In fact, they even have a symbol. If you if you if you look at a police officer's off-duty car, you'll usually see a thin blue line sticker somewhere on the back. It's a black sticker with a sort of a pretty dark blue line yep. on it. Yep, that's uh, that's their symbol. It's their gang symbol. It's kind of their way to let their co-gang members know in other gang territories that they're one of them. Right. It's it's the I, I you can, you shouldn't be giving me a ticket. Uh, sticker. Now, there's, there's everybody tries form. to buy one. Um, you know, they, pe- people try to buy these the sheriff's department uh, fraternal organization of police sticker thing they put on their cars. And as as I understand it, that doesn't work at all. But um, this this thin blue line sticker that's the we're in the club. Don't give us a ticket sticker. They even started a forum where they complain about cops who do not obey those rules that you're not supposed to give other cops tickets and right. things like that. The professional courtesy. Like that's yeah. what they call it. It's yeah. professional courtesy. So and and yeah, it upsets them when a cop will uh, will ticket another cop. And, and indeed, the thin blue line sticker is kind of becoming known, at least among certain circles. And so it doesn't hold the same validity that it once used to when it was more of an insider thing. Like we just no, we just outed them on national radio. So anybody that wants to go to a police supply shop can find themselves these stickers and buy them. I have a few of them myself. So. <laughs> Uh, but but the reason I bring all this up is to, to preface another example, in case you needed it, from a completely different situation. It's not an officer speaking out on a policy like our friend Brad Jardis has done being punished. In this case, it's an officer refusing to follow an order that he believed was wrong. So in the presence of another officer, a commanding officer, this man had the courage to say, no, I'm not going to do that. What happened to him? Here's the story. From AustinChronicle.com, former Austin former Austin Police Department rookie officer Ramon Perez filed a civil lawsuit against the department last December. His former supervisors and an APD psychologist claiming he was forced to resign because of his religious beliefs after he refused to comply with the supervisor's order to use excessive force on a suspect. In essence, Perez argues he was forced to resign in violation of his constitutional rights after refusing to violate the rights of another. According to the lawsuit in January of 2005, Perez, then a rookie, still on probation and thus notably not subject to civil service law protection, was punitively transferred because there's like like teachers, there's a, a little per, a period, a phase when you're a new hire as a police officer where you can actually be removed fairly mm-hmm. easily. So he was still in that. Uh, so it's the indoctrination phase, right? Because you know this is this is the point where do as we say phase, right? If if you have these, uh, you know, if if you have this this rigid um, moral spine, uh, we're going to find it in this time frame, and we're going to be able to to trot you out the door a little more quickly because you won't be a full fledged member because we already said so. So he was punitively transferred from day patrol to night shift. This, uh, is, is, is similar hazing processes and things like this go on in fraternities and all kinds of organization. Sure. This is just the hazing period. So he was transferred to a night shift as a result because he'd refused a senior officer's order to use his electroshock taser gun on an elderly man in questionable health who was suspected of family violence. Now, on January 15th of 05, Perez responded to a domestic violence call where he met a woman 
who said her husband had pushed her down and hurt her arms. Now, that's a pretty serious allegation. While interviewing the woman outside her home, Perez said her husband came outside, keys and coffee in hand, and headed to his car in an attempt to leave. Perez told him to stop, he said, but before he could direct the man further, his backup, senior police officer Robert Paranich, lunged at the man from behind, causing him to lose his balance. Remember, the guy is elderly. I considered that an escalation of force, said Perez, and not a controlled way to get the man under control with the least amount of force possible, as is required by APD policy. So, as a police officer, you are supposed to be very judicious in your use of force. That's what they write down on their pieces of paper. Right, and he was... It's nice rhetoric. You know, have, having been a rookie here, or being a rookie here, he's freshly read that policy, and so he knows what it says, and he's decided that lunging and tackling this man from behind was a little excessive right. on the part of his supervisor. A doddering old man. So while the man uh, struggled to regain his balance, Perez said Paranich ordered him to use his taser on the man. Perez refused, because the man wasn't resisting arrest. And Perez was sure the man could be placed under arrest with lesser force. Additionally, Perez said the man appeared to be in poor health and a likely candidate for a heart attack. Two additional factors that APD's taser policy asks officers to consider before using the weapon. So do you see where we are right now? This yes. man tried to do what Senior he officer right. says, tase him. He says, no. No, it's an old man. Let's just It'll put his hands him. behind his could back. kill him. We can just... Grab him, and we'll be able to handle him. He's an old, doddering old man. And he disobeyed in front of people. Yes, he did. And what happened to him? We'll uh, give you the rest of the story here in moments. And take your calls about what you want at 800-259-9231. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us in freetalklive.com. The features there, by the way, include the updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. You know it first if you're on the list at updates.freetalklive.com. In fact, an update went out today. I believe it was today. Uh, WGIN, our affiliate in uh, the seacoast of New Hampshire, is back on board with us. So I sent out that notice, and you'll get all kinds of info if you're at updates.freetalklive.com. As we continue the story, and then we'll get right into your phone calls here, but starting out the show, talking about Ramon Perez. He was an officer with the Austin Police Department, and he was a rookie, which is why it was so easy for them to, uh, to dump him. And why did they dump him? Well, because he dared to disobey his senior officer. Senior officer who demanded that Ramon Perez fire his taser at an old man, an elderly gentleman who had been accused of uh, attacking his wife to some extent. But he wasn't attacking the police. He had come out of his home and was attempting to get to his car when the senior officer rushed him and almost tackled him from behind, 
The man was struggling to regain his balance when the senior officer demanded that Officer Perez shoot his taser at the man. And Perez refused to do so because he said in his statement later on that he believed they could get the man, uh, that they could arrest this elderly gentleman without the use of a taser. Right. Imagine if you're the, the rookie there. You've just recently read the books. The books say... Be, you know, be judicious in the, your use of force. You should only use as much force as necessary to subdue a subject. Be careful with your taser, especially with old and people, uh, old people and people with heart conditions, yeah. because it may kill them. And then your commanding officer, the the sergeant you're riding with, says to ignore all that stuff and do something different. I mean, imagine it's. You're, I mean, you're likely to just stop and not know what to do. You've been given two different uh, you know, pieces of information. Right. And so that's what he did. He said he was not going to go forward with that because he believed he could bring him under control. Indeed, the man appeared to be in poor health and a likely candidate for a heart attack. So he did not feel comfortable from any perspective using the taser in this case. You know what? Uh, I, I I firmly believe that power corrupts. And I think when someone gets in that position, they probably start off like that rookie did. He's probably going into that thinking, you know, he he read that and thought that's really good, a really good thing. I need to follow that and stay out of trouble, you know, make sure I do my job Well, because who knows what kind of repercussions, you know, this is really important work. I'm trying to protect people. I don't want to hurt innocent people. And then they get in there and you've got this guy who's been in there a while that, you know, the chief ordering him to do something. That's a a sergeant. Sergeant, sorry. Ordering him to do something. And to him, I think he's really angry because someone is not immediately obeying him. Right. And I'd like to speak to this. Um, the people that have been listening for a while know that I spent nine years in prison. And there's a there's a similar attitude amongst uh, correctional officers out there. And I had uh, a couple of run-ins, but one in particular comes in um, comes to mind where something like this happened to me. An officer that we called Tuba, um, I can't remember what his name was, but Officer Tuba said, <laughs> it wasn't his real name, his nickname. And he you know, I had a plumbing problem in my canteen cage, and I'm just like, hey, can you call the maintenance people? I've got a plumbing problem. He said, turn on the water. I want to see. Okay. Officer Tuba, not a plumber. <laughs> All right? <laughs> He's a correctional officer. Yeah. And I know that there's a problem and that if I turn on the water, I'm going to have a floor full of water. I said, no. Could you please call the maintenance people? He said, turn on the water. I said, No. <laughs> <laughs> he said, turn on the water right now, or I'm calling the sergeant. I said, neither you nor the sergeant are welcome in this canteen cage because only the the the, the, uh, the, the officer in charge, the OIC, can come in this canteen mm-hmm. cage. You can call him or maintenance, but I'm not turning on this water. I'm mopping this up so that you can see whether or not the plumbing doesn't work. The plumbing doesn't work. And holy crap. <laughs> After it, I huh? said that, he... I mean, there were people out in the, the visiting park. Uh, I don't think they could have heard and with this this exchange going on, but they were r- relatively close. My God, he drug me into the other room and just screamed and ranted and raved. He called the maintenance people, but he, you know, I mean, he just, <laughs> he hated it. Insubordinate. Hey, uh, he, he did understand that those were the rules, and there was nothing that he could do about it in that instance. But it wasn't wasn't. Yeah, he tried his power play, and it didn't work out for him. Well, I was I was good and scared. I mean, yeah. admittedly, but you didn't bend well, to him. In the end, in this case, Perez and well, at that point, it was he was he didn't ask me to bend again. You understand? Right. Like once he once he took me into the room and yelled, he didn't say, you know, what would happen. I just I'm like, look, it's plugged up. It's gonna it's gonna go all over the floor. In the end, Perez and these are the officers. Perez and Parnich were able to get the man on the ground and in cuffs with no more force than soft hand control. Said Perez, a fact that proves the taser wasn't needed. If more force were necessary, then we wouldn't be able to take him down, he said at a press conference. That means I did the constitutionally correct thing and followed the policy. 
Nevertheless, shortly thereafter, Perez and his attorneys say that he was transferred to the night shift. Just two months later, shortly after Perez again questioned his supervisors, in this case, uh, about their apparent disapproval of his handling of a high-risk car stop in connection with the gang suppression unit detectives, Perez said Brown ordered him to report to APD psychologist Logan for a meeting designed to help facilitate better communication between Perez and Brown. (laughs) This is the sergeant, Jesse Brown. Uh, Perez said he was told this told the session with Logan would be spent practicing word games, a fact that he said Logan confirmed. But in that, but that in fact, unbeknownst to Perez, the meeting was intended as a fit for duty review, the outcome of which could bolster the supervisor's desire to terminate Perez. Indeed, Logan's four-page report mentions nothing about word games and instead focuses almost entirely on Perez's moral and religious beliefs, which Logan concludes are so strong they are an impairment to his ability to be a police officer. The report concludes that Perez, a self-described non-denominational fundamentalist Christian, is in fact so impaired by his moral convictions that he is incapable of taking in and processing information, especially that which may be in conflict with his already held beliefs. Perez is defensive and not able to take in feedbacks from supervisors, she wrote. So because this man has a firm moral foundation, he's unfit for police duty. Um, According to the police. Please remember that uh, the Star Wars movies, which were written as a commentary on American, uh, you know, society and government, they they talked about these clones, uh, the the stormtroopers. Mm -hmm. They were bred in order to be, uh, you know, that they essentially would believe what they were told and and believe believe it vehemently. This is essentially what they're asking for from their police. They no longer want people who believe in right and wrong. They want people that will follow orders. That's right. They don't want people independently thinking for themselves and trying to reason and and use rationale and figure things out on the ground. They just want them to blindly do as they're told. I was I was suggesting that police officers in the past, and I do sort of believe this in the past, um, you know, believed more in right and wrong. I believe that. However, I have no evidence that that's true. So, you know, maybe it is that uh, maybe it is that police officers have always been uh, valued for their ability to follow orders as opposed to, um, you know, doing things that are right and wrong. I don't necessarily believe that, but that's you know, well, that's the way it is on the Andy Griffith show. Yeah, so. on the end, that, that's where it comes. That's where it comes from for me. You know, right. I mean, I, my picture of a good police officer um, is you know Andy Griffith and and his old you know thirty eight revolver, which generally stays in the desk, and and he keeps the bu- the bullet for Barney's gun in, in his pocket. You know, I thought, more, I thought Barney kept his bullet. Maybe in his he pocket. does. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's more to the story a little bit more, and then we'll get to your calls about whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. So relegated to the night shift for refusing to tase an elderly man who did not need to be tased. And then shortly thereafter sent uh, to a psychological evaluation just because he's got morals and he's not willing to uh, use excessive force. Free Talk Live. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast. And at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Service restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 
259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video, and show they are indeed listeners of Free Talk Live. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself. Shrine.freetalklive.com. And now is the time that you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course, plus 30 state concealed weapon permit, and get a free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's FrontSight.com. And we're talking about uh, the police and how it is that they target their own as soon as they step out of line, as soon as you step out of line from uh, the the department policy, from the public line that they take, it's on not even drugs. the department of policy. I mean, it's necessarily in this in this particular case, this is the the kind of training that goes on behind the scenes. They've got the stuff they write down, and this guy was following the stuff they write down. Yeah, this was not obeying superiors. That's true, uh, and that indeed, were giving we, orders directly uh, contrary to. The, the policy. I've yeah. always, I've always said there's really only one, one law, and this applies to everyone, but it seems to apply in this case too, and that is, do not disobey. Even that's in the, the case only of the law. cops. Even in the case of the cops, because that's what happened here was uh, the, the police officer was a, a rookie, Ramon Perez in Austin, was ordered to use a taser on an elderly suspect who was not going to be a problem arresting otherwise, and Perez pointed that out. He and it, was, it, was, it ended up being the truth, too. Yep, soft hand tactics were all they needed to take this guy into custody. They just put his hands, take, took his hands, put them behind his back, put the handcuffs on him, and gently put him into the car. But the uh, the commanding officer in that case wanted to take him to the wall and uh, tackle him and then use a taser on him. And it was completely unnecessary. And this man stood up for what he believed in. He stood up for following the policy that he'd sworn to, uh, to follow. And because of that, he was punished. He was taken down uh, from a day shift to a night shift. And then... And shortly thereafter was sent in for a psych evaluation uh, because they didn't like his, how he handled another um, another situation. And so in the four page uh, report, one of the things it said was that Officer Perez has a well-developed set of personal beliefs. These seem to be based primarily on his religious beliefs. And it's obvious he spent a lot of time reflecting upon and developing these views, she wrote. He takes pride in the fact that he's an ordained minister who on occasion preaches to congregations in the Austin area and that he and his wife homeschool their children in accordance with their value system. She concludes... Had to, had to put in that homeschooling thing because it paints him as a nut. She concludes that as, an, as admirable as these beliefs may be, they seem to play a role in his defensiveness in that they provide him with rationale for explaining how his views differ with others. Only a month later, Perez was given a choice. Either resign from the department and keep his peace officer license, or be fired and lose his license and with it any ability to work as a cop elsewhere. Still unclear why he was being fired, the city of Austin fought Perez's request for copies of Logan's report for more than a year. They wouldn't even give him a copy of the psych evaluation. Until the attorney general stepped in, ordering the city to release the record, he chose to resign and kept his license until the attorney general ordered the city to release the document this fall perez believed that logan's report said only nice things about his religious beliefs which is what he'd been told by his supervisors at the police department so just the lying and the covering up and the the corruption all the way up through the ranks uh, Annie Morgan, the chief's litigator, or the city's chief litigator, told the statesman that the city doesn't discriminate based on religion, and that Perez was fired for 
poor performance. Well, you know, I I should point out that uh, some people are offended by your attorney genital uh, name. That's okay. That it's not really very uh, fair to genitals. To you know, it's, a, it's a good point. It's a good point. But oh well, no one can really speak for the genitals. So the um. <laughs> I'm 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 completely baffled. Oh, right. I, I so, derailed your train of thought. I'm, I'm a Quaker, right? And yeah. um, if I were to try to go get a job, let's put aside the felony <laughs> conviction for a minute. Um, try to go get a job I, as, as a, a cop, cop. I can see why there might be a conflict there. Now I don't know why I would be going to get a job as a cop, but let's say that I wanted to, and then the then the the situation arose where I would needed to use force against someone else, and it's against my moral beliefs, so therefore I'm not going to do it. I can see why. I would not be qualified to be a police officer in that instance. So, but he doesn't have that belief system. He's not opposed to using force. Right, but I'm saying that I don't see a problem with discriminating against someone because of their religious belief necessarily. I see. That's what he's claiming. And I, so I, you know, I believe that organizations and people in organizations should be able to hire based on whatever criteria they want to hire on. And But government? Well, I think I think government doesn't have any legitimacy anyway, um, well, you know, in in that particular arena. But you know, I, well, I, I yeah, I agree. I just I, I usually what I hear from people who have a um, who are sort of libertarian ish is that uh, private entities should be able to discriminate for any reason whatsoever, but government should not be able to. I would I would agree with that, but it it, it you see it puts government in a conundrum. Can you see why the government would not want to have a police force full of Quakers? I mean, what good? Is a Quaker I, cop. That's I've not always said it. I've always said that you know the word discrimination is misleading because you ought to be able to discriminate on the basis of things that are relevant to the job. You know, and you and almost sure. ev- never you is do something the job? like race or you know religion are part of that. But can you do the job? This yeah. guy was doing his job. He was following the the city's policy. But apparently it's more important to follow the arbitrary diktats of your superior officers, and so they fired him. So just wanted to share that with you as yet another example, in case you needed it, of what happens to the good guys out there, the ones that are trying to do what they think is right, the, the ones that are trying to do the right thing inside this awful structure where so many people are hurt, so many people are tortured and separated from their loved ones. This guy tried to do a little bit to make a difference by not tasering an elderly man and lost his job as a cop because of it. It's crazy. Let's go to your calls about what you want across the pond to Ziggy in the UK. Ziggy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Ziggy? In Oh, he's gone. Apologies. Let's talk to Mark in Brazil instead. Somewhere else. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I wanted to ask you guys uh, about vaccines. Go right ahead. Yeah, you guys, uh, I've heard you discuss it several times, and I, I pick up on a couple of things, and, and I want to just point them out and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the one one thing uh, that seems to come up quite often is a, a position that uh, you're not sure that they're effective. Well, I, that... I think that uh, vaccines um, in, that, that, that vaccines are somewhat effective, yeah. Okay, but you but you you're not sure. You have doubts about it, right? I I think that uh, they're, I mean, they're you're portrayed. Not your kid, right? I think they're portrayed. Said. My my kid is not vaccinated. Um, right. Uh, but they're I portrayed mean, if you as being. They were effective. You would vaccinate your kid, right? Their vaccines are portrayed as effective, in the sense that they are effective, whereas they're only somewhat effective. So if you were to vaccinate your child, they could still come in contact with the disease and get the disease, right? Sure. I didn't say that they were 100% cure. I said that. Whether they're effective or not, right? And and, and but do you understand also how the word possible for some to be and some not to be, huh? and to have? It's also possible to 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 believe some are and some are some 
there's sufficient proof to believe that this, they're going to be effective enough to warrant trying them and there's 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 um there's times when it's when perhaps they're not tested as well and people don't feel as confident about it so it's not sure, a, it's not it, a black at and the white the issue he, it, mark mark is skeptical enough to not vaccinate his kid Okay. Yes. Yeah. Is that fair? Can't say I blame him. I mean, I don't know about uh, injecting somebody with something that's unnecessary. I'm just trying to make sure I understand correctly your guys' position. Well, I don't know if Mark is you guys' position. I don't have kids. I I'm a little bit uncertain about it myself. I don't really see. Yeah, you're skeptical as well, Ian. Right? Yeah, I'm pretty pretty skeptical because it seems to me that every time you vaccinate people, some people are going to have some pretty serious side effects. Whereas outside of that, what are the odds that I'm going to come down with, uh, you know, the mumps or whatever the hell it is that they're vaccinating kids for? The, 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 and the other, the other um, thing that I've heard come up, um, depending on, the, on who's talking about, it, is uh, a view that there is a, a fear that what is actually in the vaccine is dangerous. Yeah, I've, I've put uh, things in there that are either gross or disgusting or you'd blow your mind if you really know what was in there. I've heard, uh, yeah, Wayne said things like that. I don't know that much about vaccines. I know that when I've taken the flu vaccine, which is different than childhood vaccines, and I understand that, but when I took it, I got ill from it. So I'll, I'll bring you back in a moment, Mark. You can uh, I, you're, sound like you're coming around to something. Yeah, so yeah. We'll uh, bring him back here if he can hang on. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Plus, coming up, a gay bar raided in Atlanta for, well, no reason whatsoever. Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dell. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Those features include uh, the updates, the live streams, and more. If you like the fact that we give you the features free, then maybe you want to shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. If you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy, they probably sell it. Dozens of categories, even used items. So if you need to save a few extra bucks, you can go used. Also, save some money by buying new and getting free Super Saver shipping. There are a whole lot of new items that have that, too. You know Amazon, the world's largest Internet retailer. Just start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage. Free Talk Live has teamed up with M&S Press to offer you the only complete writings of Lysander Spooner. If you're interested in buying this very rare set, you already know who Lysander Spooner is. Um, and how important he was to the Liberty Movement. You can purchase this 2,800-page, six-volume set bound in library-quality hardcover and delivered to your door for just $335. Now, I need to make it very clear that there is content in these books that you simply cannot find anyplace else. If you think, oh, I can just get it on the Internet, I don't need to pay that. No, you can't. Yeah, um, this is one thing Amazon does not carry. Right. <laughs> this, this is a very rare, very extraordinary set. And if, you, you know, if you're a fan of Lysander Spooner, these, these copies are – like the reason I stopped reading these recently is because – there were very, very, very few left. They needed to assess whether they were sold out kind of thing, and there's 
very few left. So if you're this may be the last time I read it. Three hundred and thirty-five dollars. Go to spooner.freetalklive.com. That's spooner.freetalklive.com. We go back to your calls. Mark is still with us in Brazil, and you're back on Free Talk Live, and you were bringing up the issue of vaccines and how the hosts of Free Talk Live are, I think, pretty much mostly opposed to the, to the idea. Dale, how do you uh, feel about it? If you had kids, what I, would you do? Oh, gosh. It's a tough call. Uh, um, definitely the annual flu vaccines. I'm very, I, I don't want to do them anymore because they're done so, so, so rapidly and with, very, with, I don't think, sufficient testing and trying to crank those out every year when... The flu is constantly changing. It's, it doesn't seem like uh, the the risk uh, warrants and the effort even and the cost and the uh, warrants uh, the actual, you know, taking. Going out uh, and doing it. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to just taking the risk that you might get the flu. But know? what about if you had a kid? Um, I would be skeptical, too. I'd probably do a lot more research if I were if I were if I had a kid. All I don't right. feel like I know the subject well enough right now to decide. I don't either. But, yeah, I'm definitely not uh, enthusiastic about the idea. That's for sure. Mark, go ahead with your thoughts. No, so I was trying to follow the argument here. There's basically, first, there's skepticism about the effectiveness of, of the vaccine. And then, um, second, which, there's which the vaccine? idea that... You mean H1N1? Or are you talking about the, uh, the I'm H1N1? I'm talking about general, oh. the general point of view that I've heard on, on the show. Well, there's not really a, a very a general point of view. There's, there's skepticism, I guess you could call right. it. I don't know you if you'd call that an argument. Of, sorry? I don't know if I'd call that an argument, that people are skeptical, but... An, an argument? Yeah, I don't think anyone's you arguing said that, here. You said the argument, and I don't yeah. know what the argument is. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's uh, arguing position, here. opinion, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, so, base, so the idea that the skepticism about the effectiveness of vaccines and also the, the view that there is uh, potentially actually really dangerous stuff inside there or stuff that would gross you out or freak you out if you knew it was in there. And yeah. I, what I was trying to figure out is, okay, it, uh, if you think that they're not really necessarily effective, um, if you're looking at it from the point of view of the manufacturer, like why would they put stuff in there that's actually gross or, or bad or, or dangerous? They could just as easily sell basically a placebo and not put anything in there that's intentionally harmful. Well, they, they could, could, and I'm not going to make that. Um, I, I can't make that argument. That's more Wayne um, uh, on normally Wednesday, every other Wednesday, every other he's Wednesday on, yeah. and he would be a good one to talk to about that. That's not my particular argument. Well, what what is, is, you don't I'm think, not even familiar with what, what does he say about He says the, there's, uh, you know, like thalidomide, mercury, yeah. stuff. Stuff I that's think, supposedly I bad. I think I heard that mercury was taken out of the American yeah, ones, that's what I've heard I'm too. not sure. I don't know. Again, I haven't aluminum. researched them that much because if I did have kids, I'd probably research it more. Stuff that some people say is not good for you and other people say that it's okay if it's in this certain amount in this vaccine. It's I mean, obviously, they think they have a reason why it needs to be in. They, you know, they believe there's a reason why it needs to be in there and they feel that that justifies something that might otherwise be something you don't want to put into your body. A lot of it has to do with keeping the keeping the um, the virus or whatever it is dead or harmless in whatever fashion so that it triggers your immune system without actually making you sick and things like that. That's the justification, I'm assuming. And there's just people who wonder whether or not that actually is a uh, Right, they may have warranted. the best interests and they may have what they believe the best interests of the most people are, but... Some people may be very sensitive to these things. Others uh, are alleging that perhaps there are some consequences from these uh, chemicals that, you know, are not necessarily too concrete yet. But they're, you know, the, of course, the the whole autism thing is is an allegation out there. Whether there's any evidence to back that up, I don't know. But uh, yeah, again, I, I haven't researched that enough. I don't have a kid. I, I haven't either, and and I'm so. not. I, I don't have a kid either. Um, but nonetheless, I I don't 
see any reason to inject yourself with things that are unnecessary. And it sounds unnecessary to me. It sounds frivolous. Right. So you're you're skeptical of it, and you think that it includes stuff that is potentially dangerous. And for that to be so, then it, they put it there for that reason. I'm not they, saying they, anything. Let me mark, really nearly decide. Oh, we're going to put some stuff in here and and say that it's effective. I, I, Mark, I understand you, you you came to have a certain position, and um, I'm sorry that Wayne's not here to take that particular position. I'll tell you what I think. It's mine's perhaps a little more formulated than than Ian's and Dale's because I do have a child. Uh-huh. I am sensitive to the flu vaccine. I have had reactions to the flu vaccine on two occasions. To me, that means that whatever genes I might have that are vaccine sensitive, um, I may have passed on to my son. So therefore, I need to see. I, I need to believe for myself that those vaccines are very effective and worth the risk. And I've seen evidence that. The diseases, by and large, that kids are being vaccinated for are very much on the downs, um, downside. And I, I do believe vaccines are effective. I also believe that they're dangerous and that they can hurt people and kill some people. So I th- I, the, the, uh, in weighing this, what I have uh, decided is it's really great that everybody else vaccinates their kid so that my kid is not likely to get it. And I'm not going to vaccinate my kid. Your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Well, what I was going with that line of thinking was, if you, what I was trying to show, it struck me as a similar argument that you guys actually strike down a lot, which is, I mean, here the the line of thinking was that skeptical of their effectiveness, uh, think that they contain bad things, and and if they're manufactured in that way, then it's intentionally put in there. So basically, these companies are selling things that are intentionally uh, dangerous and, and not very effective. Well, it, it doesn't – actually, it doesn't contradict the argument because in the normal marketplace, if you make a faulty space heater and your space heater is significantly more likely to catch a house on fire than the other space heaters, then you should be driven out of business because customers file lawsuits. However, in the marketplace, because vac- um, vaccine manufacturers are insulated by the government from any kind of lawsuit – um, for what might happen to their uh, to people as uh, as a result of taking the vaccines, they are not incentivized. They are counter incentivized to provide a good product. So basically, you're you're buying further into my argument, which is they're selling something that's not very effective and is actually intentionally dangerous. I have no idea what they're doing. Right. I do know that my kid oh, won't die from it. Oh, you said that they're incentivized to the contrary to actually do dangerous things. They do seem to be incentivized to the contrary. I suspect that uh, they're no, good people. Now wait a minute. Now wait a minute. They're not necessarily incentivized right. to do dangerous things. What you might be saying, Mark, is that they're not incentivized to be as safe as they might otherwise okay. be. Okay. Yeah, no, he, you keep saying intentionally harmful. Yeah. No one I, here is saying I don't that know, they're maybe, trying to poison maybe people. Maybe Wayne said that. I haven't heard him say. No, Wayne has been I mean, there, there are probably a thousand different ways to make a vaccine that's not very effective. I mean, it doesn't have to involve dangerous or harmful materials. Right. No a, one here has said. No one here. But no one here has yeah, said. Yeah, that's my that, point. Okay. No, no one here. No, but I say if you take the position that it's not very effective, but even though it's not effective, it, it actually has dangerous materials in it. It would seem logical to say that they're well, intentionally putting in danger. No, materials that just means there's a disagreement about whether it's an a, ineffective vaccine with with placebo material. That means there's a disagreement about whether it's effective, not that they're intentionally making it harmful. Right. I feel like I'm not being listened to, Mark. Yeah, um, I, I I just got to say, and I think that they they feel that there's a need to put those things in there, and and that you know, and I understand that the 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 idea behind it, the idea of making a vaccine has something that will that is that is. Either the dead virus or a virus that's been made ineffective so that it can't make you sick, but it's similar enough to trigger your immune response. Nobody here and has I understand said. that they put things in there 
to do that, to either kill the virus or to make it har- not harmful to your body. But it's like it's just like you give chemo to a cancer patient. That is, that chemo is harming the cancer patient, but you have to attack the cancer, right? So some people choose to do chemotherapy when they have cancer, and even some though they know it's, it's making them sick as a dog, it's making them, it's doing harm to their body, but it's also harming the cancer. So there's a reason why they tolerate those those that harmful substance and right? some people that's swear a much more extreme case than a vaccine but it's the same idea some people swear off chemotherapy after they try it just a few times because oh, yeah. it hurts them so much yeah. and then they you know they manage to beat it on their own uh so I, I know you were trying to get at something mark i'll bring you back if you want here uh more coming up at 800-259-9231 i think you guys you know we're, we're jumping down his throat a little bit and i want to hear what he's uh, what he's trying to get at because i haven't gotten it yet uh more coming up you can take control of the airwaves bring up whatever you want our two's on the way it's free talk live Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes and the millionaire patriot is paying his own money to help you get it this is real thousands have already taken advantage of it and you should too don't miss out secure a front sight defensive handgun course plus 30 state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar and get your free handgun go to frontsight.com today that's f-r-o-n-t-s-i-g-h-t.com go to frontsight.com for your training and free handgun This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We continue taking your phone calls. Now, Mark is, I think, still with us in Brazil Mark, you called in to, I think, kind of try to bend us over the barrel, but the barrel's just not there. Um, one of the things that you kept trying to, I think the words you kept trying to put in our mouths a few moments ago was that those of us who are on the show tonight here believe that vaccines are being manufactured for the purpose of harming people, and no one has ever suggested that. Wayne, our Wednesday night, co- our occasional Wednesday night co-host, has suggested that he believes there may be some harmful things in the vaccines, but I don't think he's ever suggested that he, that they were put there uh, on purpose to harm people. So did, did I misunderstand what you were trying to say? My co-host seemed to think that's exactly what you were saying. Well, if they're not put there on purpose, then why are they put there? I, I explained that in great detail. Were you listening? Well, it's not to harm the vac- to harm the virus. Talking at the same time, but sorry. Well, no, yeah, I spoke very clearly for a long period of time without interruption. I said it's there to harm the virus, but incidentally, it can harm you as well. It has a purpose. For, they have their purpose for putting it in there, and their purpose is not to hurt people. Is it possible that there are people human- who believe that? But there, there, you know, there are conspiracies out there of people who think vaccines are, a, you know, trying to, you know, they, there's yeah, some there really people, kooky yeah, exactly, people that think yeah. that they're trying to kill off a bunch of the population. And yeah. stuff like that, but you'll have to go argue with those people, right? Because we're not them. I'm not now, even arguing possible? with them. I was just trying to point out what seems to me one one logical position li- linking to another. I, 
didn't actually say whether anything was effective or dangerous or not and whether people are, are crazy or not. I just said, if you add one, if you follow one argument to another, it sort of seems like that's what that's indicating. No, they I can, don't think so. Like, I, yeah. Is it possible in your mind that two human beings could differ on their opinion about what a chemical, for instance, uh, does? Uh, well, obviously, yes. Okay, right. Well, so when somebody says that there's something that they believe that would harm someone that has been put into these vaccines, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's been done on purpose. That person might understand that those people that put that, what they believe is harmful substance in there, were doing it because they believed it would help people. So you've got two different sides of people, one saying, well, we think this, or, this or that, overall will help. Or that it was necessary to make the vaccine work. Uh, for the intended purpose of the vaccine, but right, that the so damage, that but that the so damage, you're, you're that but that it, the damage it, that it was doing was acceptable for the benefit of the vaccine. Well, so the, the, picking up on, on Ian's point before I, I get onto yours, you said that one person might think that it's harmful, another might might think that it's it's not it's not harmful. Yeah, that's, that's and what so I said. if the other person, if one person thinks it's harmful, and he looks at the other person who thinks that it's not harmful, then he has to either consider that the person doesn't know what he or she is doing. Or, or is intentionally ignoring it, right? I mean, either well, no, person the is, other person is ignorant could, or... The other person huh? could be very well educated and believe that these are not harmful, and the other person... You, you can find studies that will back up your viewpoint. Right, but uh, the point is, the person who's saying there, that, oh, it's, it's No, it's, it's no, that's not, that's not the conclusion, because there are plenty of things uh-huh. that we have later on that, that, that even the scientific community has believed was harmless, and it took years to figure out, no, it wasn't. Oh, well, hold on a second. Just, just think logically so, for a second. Independent of vaccines, right? If you say, oh, XYZ is harmful, and the person says, no, XYZ is not harmful... Your conclusion about the person has to be either that the, the person is, is wrong, doesn't know what he or she is talking about, uh, or, or simply just not informed, right? I mean, okay, what, sure. what other yeah. huh? sure. Yes, I would agree with you there. Right. So if, if you're saying, if someone's saying, oh, vaccine XYZ is harmful, and the people who are making it are saying, no, it's not harmful, then what are you saying about the people who are making it? They can be wrong, but they they, be and wrong. They, or they could be they right. They could be wrong, but, why, you, but what's the basis of, of what they're being wrong? They're, they're, what, they're, they don't know what they're doing? I, I just I told you, there have, been, there have been the entire scientific community uh, supporting something, not believing it to be harmful, and using it sure. to a great extent, and then later out determining after... after you, realize a lot of si- you realize that a lot of scientific studies sometimes take years to get, uh, to get evidence. There are things that yeah, cause damage. In the- that. I'm just talking about the, what the position implies. And you, you, just, you, just actually, is, you disagreed with me. You said that eventually they are proved to be wrong, right? Sure, the they can be proved to be wrong. wrong. They could, time right. could show that so, they were wrong, yes. Right, so if people are Either saying, side. oh, they're, they're not harmful... And the other people say, no, they are harmful, and eventually time shows oh, they, they were harmful, then those people are proved wrong. So either those people were, were in, in, incompetent or intentionally uh, uh, giving something harmful. Well, what's right? your point? They may be what very competent. What is your competent, point? Can you get to your point, please? No, I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to point out it, it, is if you, add, if, you, if you link the arguments, you know, obviously it depends on your extreme, uh, uh, on, on to what extreme you think that things are ineffective and what extreme you think that they're harmful. Maybe it just has so to you, do if with... You, if you look at the argument and you say, look, uh, vaccines are ineffective, and they put things in there that are harmful. Then, uh, and then they go out and require people to, to take them. Well, then, what other conclusion you have that, that the person thinks that they're? I don't understand. I don't understand. What is your point? You have you keep saying the it. same thing. If I may uh, quote you, I was speaking very clearly uninterrupted. Were you listening? <laughs> so let me see if I, I guess I'm... you weren't listening. Sorry. The, the, uh, the conclusion is they could be wrong, or that you know, or that they're lying. I don't think right, they're right. lying. I don't think they're lying, and I don't. I don't know if they're wrong, but yes, they could be wrong. 
No, well, you think they're wrong. Otherwise, why would you be skeptical? No, I told no, you I haven't done no, sufficient research. Now, wait a minute. Just because you're skeptical doesn't mean that you think someone is right or wrong. It means that you're skeptical. You're not sure as to whether or not what they're presenting to you is uh, is appropriate or is accurate. And so because of that skept- uh, skepticism, why should one go ahead and do these things when you're unsure? That's what my position is, is I'm not sure about these vaccines. And because I'm not sure, I'm not going to go through the process of vaccinating my Myself or vaccinating anybody that I care about because I'm not sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, like I said, the the the, the, the extremeness of the position depends obviously on how extremely you, f- you feel about the effect. Do you feel my position is extreme? No, no. I, I was saying that you 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 have basically a middle of the road position. You're not really sure, and so you're not going to commit to it. Now, I, I can I can understand that. What I was what I was getting at is that, and, and this is not necessarily one of any one of you guys specifically. It's just things that come up on the show, and maybe Wayne has been the biggest voice of this, but if I hear regularly a position like, I, I, you know, I'm skeptical that they work. Actually, I don't think that they work. And, in fact, they contain things that are dangerous and harmful. And, and the logical conclusion of that is, well, that they're doing it on purpose. Well, I think you're jumping to that conclusion, no. and I thank you for the call tonight. Yeah. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. He jumping kept, to he, the conclusion. He kept repeating that even after it had been explained well, the, 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 the position you can have on them is a lot more complex than what he was trying to simplify it down to. Yes. And that's, well, what it, that's what it comes down he, to. He's pointing out that there is that there there are people that have the position that uh, vaccine companies are putting rat poison or something oh, no doubt. of the level of that level there in are, there. However, and, and that, that that point of view is somewhat nonsensical, and I would agree that that is true. However, I also um, am of the opinion that the marketplace is what makes businesses the most honest and forthright in dealing with their customers and that the marketplace in vaccines has been altered by the government in that they no longer have to worry about having a lawsuit brought against them. The only thing anyone Must can do nice. so they're gonna they're gonna they're incentivized to get a vaccine to market, especially an annual and like the flu vaccine, as opposed to these ones that have been either given to children everywhere all over the, over the place for years and years and years. And they are you know somewhat there's a, there's some testing you know there's there's, there's te- the test of time on those. Versus these ones that they crank out every year, and they have to do it in a hurry. And the flu, vi- the flu virus is constantly mutating. But you're right. There are people out there that have conspiracy theories that the government, that the people that are controlling the government are trying to kill off a big chunk of the population. Right. But they're and, giving- I haven't, and that's, that is a, you know, I, there are definitely people out there that believe that. There's fuel added to that particular fire, the conspiracy fire, by the fact that the, the, there's only a few drug companies, period, and they are all in cahoots with the government through licensing and, and uh, you know, these organizations that make sure that smaller companies cannot compete. So um, the, all that fuel is in that fire. So I understand why some people may jump to that conclusion when they don't feel heard because they have no recourse, because the uh, the organization that is set up to in order to handle disputes it, it, it's um, these vaccine companies are not beholden to that organization. Well, yeah, you're going to get some people on the edges that are going to say, holy crap, they're trying to kill us because it kind of looks that way. to Yeah, them. I understand that. I mean, I know that there's that there's actually a, a much more sort of Occam's razor explanation that has to do with, like you said, just monopolies that are created by government 
uh, where some companies are able to push out other companies and where lawsuits put companies out of business, make them not want to do business unless they can get government protection and so forth, which makes a lot more sense than they're trying to kill off the population. It's simple. If you don't want a vaccine, abortion, or you go, don't get a vaccine, abortion, or you go. All right, more on the way here. You dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, both free for you. Uh, We also have a webcam, plus the brand-new Free Talk Live listen lines are all there, free at listen.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies, that's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. FreedomsPhoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go to FreedomsPhoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. Continuing with your phone calls, John is in New Hampshire, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. Hey, John, you're on the air. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, well, uh, before I get into my uh, point, I just want to say for anybody considering moving to Hampshire... One of the benefits is if you go to like something like Pork Fest, Dale might make you as famous Ezekiel uh, pancakes. <laughs> it's a possibility. Right. And uh, I have to say, those things are good. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I've always been satisfied with Dale's home cooking. So uh, on the uh, health care thing, I recall hearing, I was listening to the podcast on my way home, and uh, you were talking about the potential jail terms for not having health insurance. Yeah, up to five years, uh, thousands of dollars in fines, that sort of thing. Right, I haven't had health insurance since I got laid off last year, and even though I have some income now, I'm choosing not to buy health insurance, but for some strange reason, just because I don't have health insurance doesn't mean I can't get health care. When I uh, found I was bitten by a tick last spring, I called around to walk-in rates and eventually called my old uh, doctor in Massachusetts, and he said, oh, I'll take cash. And I went down there, paid cash, and you know, got uh, some antibiotics. I mean, just because one doesn't have insurance right. doesn't mean one doesn't have access to health care. Absolutely. In, in point of fact, if you don't have insurance, you're more likely to call around and get prices and get the best price. Right. But if you're in a socialized system and you, uh, for whatever reason, the government decides you can't get treated for whatever it is that you have, you're not, you do not have access to treatment. And, you know, people are always saying, people don't have access to treatment. Well, <laughs> yeah, they do. Well, and they, they constantly confuse the term, purposefully, I think, in many cases, the term health care and health insurance. And they say that people, they, when they mm-hmm. say so many people don't have health care, 
what they mean is they're not insured, but that yep. doesn't mean that they aren't going to get health care if they need it or or whatever. And that and the, there are clinics out there that help people who don't have insurance, and and there's things like that, all all much less than what it could be if we actually freed up the market. John? Yeah, I can only imagine if uh, you know patients actually called around to try and get the best price on, say, the many tests the doctor might have ordered for them. Right. I once accidentally got, uh, because I changed providers, I got a bill from a hospital where a doctor had sent me for some tests. And, you know, half hours worth of tests, they were billing like five or $6,000 for. Wow. And I was like, you know, that's insane. I mean, if you knew how much your health coverage was going to cost, most people tend to be frugal. And even if they weren't really paying much of it, you know, if you gave people an incentive to shop around, they would shop around. And yeah, they'd Shopping balk. around magically makes things go down in price. Right, and the the system is so backwards and upside down right now that the hospital's employees don't even know what things cost. When my wife was get, was pregnant and getting tests and stuff, we went to the hospital. And by the way, it's this incident that had me leave these people, and I never went back. Uh, but the, the 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 employee there said she needed some you know that there was a there was a chance that something was wrong or something like that so she needed a test and I'm like well how much is the test I have no idea but we can give you this other test in in order to see whether or not you need to take that test so um <laughs> in fact the other test that they were talking about cost more than the test that we were testing Crazy. for so um it was it was $1500 versus $800 so we ended up taking a $1500 test that once again came up unconclusive in order to find out whether or not she needed to take the $800 test because this these people are completely uninformed because they're not incentivized to find out because everybody has insurance because the government had a 90% tax bracket at one point and businesses uh, you know then uh, started give, offering all kinds of insurance to their employees because they could give then dollar for dollar value rather than dollar for dime value and so the system then kind of grew up here in the United States where people ex- have the expectation their employer is going to take care of them the government screwed it all up and now they want the government to fix it not what a bad work. idea John uh, any other thoughts for us well, I, I look forward to them passing a bill that includes jail time because I will be proud to be one of the people to go to jail over not, uh, you know, obeying an unconstitutional order to get health insurance if I don't want it. Well, you know, I was just thinking about that today and going, hmm, I wonder if I'm going to end up in jail for not getting health insurance. Yeah, welcome to the club. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it at 800-259-9231. We'll go to William Kostrick calling from Illinois. Now, normally, uh, William, you're here in New Hampshire. Of course, um, some people might recognize your name. You made a bit of a news splash earlier this year when you were open carrying a uh, firearm outside of a presidential uh, town hall or something like that. And uh, But more importantly, you're a, a Free State Project participant, and that's why you're normally here in New Hampshire. But uh, why are you in Illinois tonight? Uh, I am in Illinois because I was uh, elected by the uh, We the People membership in New Hampshire to uh, represent them here at the, um, at the convention. Now, what is the convention? I, I, I could probably take a shot at describing it, but since you're there, you probably do a better job. So go ahead. Uh, well, that's... Uh, a good question because you probably get a different answer uh, completely depending on who you talk to. My personal thoughts were that um, Bob Schultz, uh, the chairman, has spent the last 10 to 14 years, I'm not sure exactly how much, uh, documenting what in his estimation are constitutional abuses and uh, a train of constitutional abuses. And I think that um, he feels now that uh, there's no point in continuing that course of action. I'm not sure that he ever really thought he was going to win, but 
he felt that it was necessary to, uh, for history to document the train of abuses um, so that whatever action was necessary to correct the wrongs uh, would be justifiable to future generations as uh, the, um, you know, as, as the forefathers uh, of our Constitution did. Uh, they, they made petitions, and probably most of them, when making their petitions, didn't actually feel that they were accomplishing much, but uh, they thought they wanted to exhaust all of those channels before taking whatever next step was required. Right, and th- for years they asked questions of the IRS and the military and the government bureaucrats and the, the so-called representatives. They asked several questions about various different topics from taxes to uh, the war in Iraq, and they were ignored. The questions were never answered. They gathered in, in D.C. in mass. Thousands of people came out, and they were expecting to have somebody come and answer their questions, and they never did. So they took them all the way up to the Supreme Court. They took the fact that no one ever answered these questions to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court basically batted it right back, saying they weren't going to hear it. Um, they, they, they backed up a lower court's decision that effectively said that you can petition the government for redress of grievances, but that doesn't mean the government has to actually say anything in response. Right. The Constitution and, just says that you can petition. And so when I heard they don't about even this, protect that, though. Yeah. When, I, when I heard about this constitutional convention, which you are attending, I understood that they were going to just try again, like put all these concerns together again and represent them to Washington, D.C. again. And maybe I misunderstood that. Maybe there's more to this. In fact, there is, it appears to be a bit of a debacle, and I want you to fill us in. Can you hang on and bring you back here in a bit? I certainly can. All right, more with William Kostrick here in moments at 800-259-9231. We'll find out exactly what it's like on the inside of this constitutional convention going on right now. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a Facebook profile. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com and become a fan there. It's free, of course. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live has teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you some of the best prices that you'll find on the Internet for gold and silver. Just go to gold.freetalklive.com. That's gold.freetalklive.com. And uh, check it out. We've got uh, Walking Liberty halves for $8.70. Lakota Nation silver rounds for twenty two thirty. British Sovereigns for $288. It's gold.freetalklive.com. All right, we continue. William Kostrick is with us. Uh, and speaking of Facebook, it's uh, through his Facebook updates that I found out what kind of just silly nonsense is apparently going on at this uh, this constitutional convention, as it is being called, in Illinois. Uh, William, you are at, a, I guess, a hotel in Illinois, and the We the People organization has, has brought people together from all across the country, a certain amount of people from every all of the 50 states. Is that correct? Uh, close, 48. 48 states. 48. And they've gotten together for the purpose of... Uh, essentially writing up some more redress, some more grievances to be redressed. Is that the purpose here? 
Um, well, that's uh, that's going to get back to um, to what I was just saying before. That it really depends on on who you talk to. I, it's clear to me that there are some people who think um, that uh, that that that's what they want to do. To me, um, I believe that um, because Bob uh, is done, uh, whether whether he thought he was going to be successful or not, the fact of the matter is that he's now done presenting these petitions. In my opinion, and and you're right, they may, they may do one last big one where they roll it all up and like here's our final petition. That's possible. It seems but to me that's the, already the been is, done. So I'm with you. I feel like they already did that years ago. They never got any responses. But what is your intentions there? Go ahead. I I, I agree with that too. I I think that uh, that part is over. And um, my thoughts are simply that he's ready and the organization is ready to move on to a different type of activism. And instead of him simply saying, okay, well, I'm the chairman, so this is what we're going to do, he said, well, why doesn't everyone who's a member send someone over here so we can discuss where we can best put our resources starting now? What course of action should we take now, now that this hasn't worked, now that this has failed? What do we do? What do what do we as an organization do? And of course, now, you're people, there with a few other people from New Hampshire, and I imagine you guys are fairly fairly principled people. What is it you're proposing? What I aim to propose, um, I went around today and started gathering a, um, a a caucus. I guess is the proper term for it. Um, but what I aim to pro to propose is that uh, petitioning on the doing anything on the federal level is a misdirection of resources. Um, I won't say it's a it's a complete waste, but it's certainly not optimal. Um, my goal is to um, put forth that action on the state and local level is is the cure for the federal intrusions for the federal usurpations. Um, part of that may be um, uh, the the various uh, Tenth Amendment actions that states have been taking. The states have been standing up to the federal government on medical marijuana, they've been standing up to the federal government on Real ID, they've stood up to the federal government on the, um, on the Firearms Freedom Act, and there are states that are planning to um, nullify federal law if the health care um, issue passes. So I really think that the answer to stopping the feds is at the local level. Uh, of course, the ultimate uh, local level is the individual, and so I, I plan to present a strategy uh, um, for civil disobedience, also. Oh, excellent. I, I don't know if I don't know if I'll be able to um, to get away with calling it that. I may have to put uh, civil action or or simply uh, being taking personal responsibility for your own freedom or or some other words. But certainly uh, presenting some throw and and saying, look, you know, you just can't keep begging. You know, you you got to get it. You got to take a stand and do what's right. Thank goodness for that. I'm glad you're there. But what is the experience? What are you feeling from the rest of the uh, the, the crowd? Uh, because when I, when I first one of your first posts that you made was that you'd arrived and that you had to go upstairs because you couldn't take all the God stuff, nor will you make oaths and pledges. What sort of what were you experiencing at that time when you made that post? Um, well, the the opening um, was a lot of pomp and ceremony, and, I, and I'm I'm not uh, I'm not big on that at all. Um, so it, there was there was no there was no benefit to me uh, standing up and objecting to it. So I just kind of removed myself from the situation. I, I think I I believe that at the end uh, of it all, and there's no need to do it now. I don't think because there's no need to be particularly contentious. But I believe when the when the event is over, I will uh, be required uh, by my own conscience to to make a statement 
uh, of objection to those things. Seems like a good strategy. Hold it till the end, and then that way people will uh, listen maybe a little more carefully to what you're proposing when you get a chance to. Right. Because the the problem I have is that, uh, for for instance, look at look at the original convention. People point to it and say, "Oh, da, 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 they opened with prayer. They they did this and and uh, and and they they generalize that the founding fathers were Christian." And you're like, "No, if you really read Jefferson, Washington, Payne, Allen." Those guys didn't. They weren't. They just weren't. Now, yeah, sure, some of them were. Frank, Franklin and uh, and 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 Webster. Some of the guys Franklin were. Franklin was really better guys. described as a deist. Yeah, Franklin's probably the biggest deist of them all. Yeah, read his autobiography. Franklin was, was a self-described deist. Washington's uh, borderline, but it do, it doesn't really matter who. The fact is, right. uh, many of the founding fathers weren't, uh, you know, exclusively Christian by any stretch, and and also. Right. Um, and, and my 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 point is. That because they didn't make any sort of statement objecting to those uh, 200 years ago, I'm still, with, still dealing with the repercussions that they did not make clear that they objected, that they did not agree with that. So that so that's why I don't want to make that same mistake. I, I, not that I, you know, I think there's anywhere near historic as that, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter if it's somebody tomorrow. I don't want somebody tomorrow to watch it and see me and see that and believe that I'm associated with it. Yep, I see where you're coming from on that. So, what else have you experienced? What else would you want to share with uh, with our listeners that are on the outside looking in here and curious as to what your experience might be like? Um, I would say that uh, there's uh, there's 48 states. I don't know exactly how many people. Um, some states have three, some two, some a couple of states only have one uh, person here uh, representing the the interests of um, of the members in that state. But uh, I have a total of 37 people at this point who. Um, agreed to discuss uh, local, uh, on state and local strategies as a as a remedy um, for um, for the federal evil that uh, that ails us. And so that's where I'm at right now. When I take that to the next step and say, um, you know, what are we going to do in, as individuals? And I, and I get into something a little more radical. I've got a feeling that uh, my my support base is probably going to drop to under ten people. Hmm. Well, I am interested to find out what uh, what transpires. How long is this going on, this uh, convention? It, the last day will be the 22nd, uh, the morning of the... You guess. First of the morning of the 22nd. So the nice thing is that the 22nd is uh, also happens to be the end of Fed rally in Chicago. So a lot of us are leaving straight from here to go protest outside the Federal Reserve Building. Gotcha. All right. Well, if uh, if things develop and uh, continue to get interesting, will you just kind of do us a favor when you get a chance, dial in and uh, give us, uh, I guess, updates as time goes on? Will do. Um, great talking to you guys. Uh, Ian, Mark, Dale, take care. Thank and you, William. We'll and thank after. you, William. I appreciate all your efforts out there. It's good to have somebody who understands what liberty truly is amongst a bunch of people that I'm sure would claim uh, to understand it, but I don't think they have the same grasp that you do, and I thank you for your time and your time and your efforts. Ten days. This thing is going on for ten days. Well, it's it's a long time, and and yeah, I and there's a lot of bantering and uh, I appreciate where these politicking where these people on. are coming from, but I also appreciate William standing up for things. Um, you know, different people. I don't think that opening with prayer would would necessarily be the appropriate thing to do. Um, you know, the, many of the founding fathers not Christian. Uh, you know, yeah. Quakers wouldn't have taken these oaths that they're talking about. Right. So, Probably a Pledge of Allegiance, I would guess. A lot of uh, exclusionary stuff going on. Yep. Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it certainly belies the viewpoint of a lot of the people that make up this We the People organization. 
It's always kind of felt to me like a very Christian, conservative-y uh, group. And I'm glad to see that people like William are there providing an alternative perspective. Because without him there, they're going to come back with, well, we just need to bring our petitions back to the federal government and beg them. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online. At freetalklive.com, we give you the features for free. And those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners, now brought to you by Manchester Brewing, which was founded by an alien race of reptiles called the Slore, who live beneath Stapleton Airport and secretly control the Illuminati. Manchesterbrewing.com. And by the way, Manchester Brewing was actually founded by our friend Jason Osborne and a few of the uh, the other free state-ers, the activists that have moved here to New Hampshire in order to get more free. And, of course, you may know Jason Osborne's name. He's also the man behind SACL CAI. And the guy who sponsors the uh, the phone lines here. You know, um, I was I was having some of the, the Emperor Norton's peppermint stout last night from oh, okay. uh, Manchester Brewing. And I must say, it's a rather tasty beer. I had, had one had, of the cinnamon ones. Did you, well, what did you think about the cinnamon one? Because that's that one I, enticed a, me a little more, but my wife put the peppermint ones on, on in the fridge first. and I, it, it was very good. My favorite beer of all time, not just Manchester Brewing beer, but my favorite beer of all time is the red. The, the red? The John Thomas red yes. that melts in your mouth? I just bought like two cases. <laughs> I bought like two cases of that. First of all, it knocks you on your ass. It's it's pretty strong beer. <laughs> is it just a, one, it, you mean? It's very one? flavorful. I, I I mean, once I, I, I know that when I first first drank it, I, I like my first sip, I was like, wow, that's delicious. And then I kept drinking, I'm like, and it was so good, but it's also kind of rich, and it's like I can't drink a whole lot of it. It's just so rich, you know. And uh, But then I got to where I could drink a lot of it, and I got better at it. <laughs> so I, I'm just not willing to say that I like another man's John Thomas. Sorry. Oh, I don't have any problem with yeah, that, exactly. as you know. Uh, so, yeah, I liked it, uh, the cinnamon, I, but I'm not a connoisseur. I know that by the time that, usually with the Manchester Brewing, by the time I get to like a quarter of the bottle, I'm pretty tipsy. <laughs> So one is enough. If I have one whole bottle of John Thomas Red, it's like yeah. two. That's like two big mugs. It's a, they're big bottles, you know. I drink one whole bottle. I'm pretty schnockered. I'm I'm a happy guy. Toll yeah. free number is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty. You don't want to drink a six pack of this. Oh no. <laughs> we just no. got off the phone with William Kostrick. He may need to. Uh, I hope he brought some Manchester Brewing with him because he may need it after the uh, the ten days are up that he'll be spending in a hotel with. Uh, what sounds like a bunch of Christian conservative types, and in fact, it was uh, Jason Osborne that during the break sent you a message, Mark, asking, well, when are they going to start? Because what they're doing is they're doing this constitutional convention thing, and I guess there's a it's website. A Continental Congress. Continental Congress. Uh, people from all across the country are gathering together to decide what to do about this darn government thing, this uh, federal government. And uh, I think it's worth pursuing. I just, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I can see some of the frustration that he'd be talking about, and dealing with people that you disagree with is frustrating. Yeah, and so he's he's there, and they are of course doing things that are they're they're doing oaths, they're doing pledges, they are praying and stuff like that, and it's just not. Yeah, it's, I can't. I'm not comfortable in a big tent situation. I have to be honest, and I, and I think that it's an issue of. 
You know, I understand the notion of compromising to get something done, mm-hmm. but when you're compromising in politics, you are compromising your principles. Yeah, and that means like that means, you know, engaging in violence or advocating violence and things and that's really serious for me. Well, so I, I can't do that, you know. I don't feel like he's going to do that. No, I no, like I don't I don't feel like he has to. I mean, I I know that like I, yeah, you vote I, against that. I mean, if somebody's proposing sure. to crack down on the immigrants, I imagine I don't know William too well, but I'm pretty sure he would be against no, something like that. Yeah, and I, and I think that, and that's just it. You know, he but he's you know I, that's that's the, a, a situation that would be very uncomfortable for me. Absolutely, being there having to work with you know people. Well, you'll who get are, dirty looks. Who you'll are get... really conservative and not libertarian and. And yeah, right. If you um, let them know how you feel, then they'll, uh, you know, well, gonna... and and then how much can I work with them? Because I wouldn't be willing to compromise on issues of advocating violence against innocent people. And so, where would I? What could I accomplish in that situation? Well, I, I think don't know. You might be able to accomplish changing some hearts and minds. That's always a possibility. I mean, we were all at one point of a much more statist mindset. I think all of us were. Sure. And so maybe coming across a voice like William Kostrick, maybe he'll be one of a very few. As he said, once he starts to uh, get more principled, he expects his support to not be there anymore. He's got 37 people behind him for you know one of his ideas, but once he gets a little bit more principled, he's going to have 10. So uh, maybe having your voice in the mix is, is going to be valuable. And I guess we're going to find out as time goes on because uh, he – promised that he would call us back and and kind of clue us in of course i'm I'm not a supporter of the constitution so there'd be a little bump right there (laughs) (laughs) you know i i having uh, william kostrick on the show here i i I, you know i could see how uh chris matthews felt i i had the urge to ask him like 500 times in a row are you a truther are you a truther (laughs) william kostrick are you a truther Now, what are you referring birther, to? Or whatever. A birther, whatever. Yeah, birther, that's that what was he was it. asking. A birther. For people that don't know, what are yes. you referencing? William Kostrick was on the Chris Matthews show. Is it hardball? I would love yeah. for an opportunity Nut to tell job. Chris Matthews that I don't think it should matter where a person is born to run for, for well, I shouldn't say to run for president, but I don't think it should ever, it should matter where a person is born for any position, yep. for any job or whatever, even though I don't support the, you know, the office of the he presidency. He was trying to sideline uh, uh, William Kostrick and make him look that much more of a, like a fringer, and to him, a fringer is somebody who would believe that Barack Obama was born in um outside of the united states i i have some questions myself on that i i question why he isn't answering the questions and isn't showing a, an original birth certificate however i don't really care one way or the other what country he was born in quite frankly so um i've seen old birth certificates they look pretty hokey even from states here in the united states yeah I, but an old piece of paper would uh would look more legitimate than what they've trotted out as his birth certificate i, I understand the critique on these people it's just to me, it doesn't matter. Like, who cares where he was born? Who cares? I mean, his ideas are what matters, right? Well, in the in the in the realm of politics, <laughs> right? yeah, I really don't care. Right, I don't care well, at all. We we come at it from an uh, from a standpoint of ideas. However, in the area of politics, you'll do whatever it takes in order to take your opponent down, so that you can then use force to get what you want. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Republicans want. Yeah, y- you know, they they, they, they want to take out Obama. They don't, you know, they, they you know get another tyrannical Republican in there instead right. of a tyrannical Democrat. Sure. So the toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Got a story out of Atlanta that's pretty disturbing. But it's not uncommon. And it happened uh, last or a couple months ago. Uh, the story is from HuffingtonPost.com. Mark Danak was watching the football game at his favorite bar, the Eagle, when he heard somebody yell, Hit the ground! He thought a fight had broken out. The lights switched on, and up to 30 cops were yelling, screaming, and ordering everyone to the ground. The police had raided the bar. But for what? Shut the F up! 
A cop yelled at one of the bar patrons who asked why they were being forced to lay down on the grubby floors. An acquaintance saw the police shove an 80-year-old man to the ground because you he know, was moving too slowly. I, I wonder. Hawk. I wonder Sorry. about this. Um, what? <laughs> no one's going to know what that means. Well, chicken You'll have is, to explain it in a person moment. Who, I'll explain it when, when you get done with your statement. Well, Go it's the, the people that were in the Bush administration who wanted to fight wars, but... Um, That's but a different kind of chicken hawk. Okay. Go ahead, Mark. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, some kind of gay terminology that I don't understand then. <laughs> I just... I, I, I wonder... like, wh- What is my obligation to follow a pol- police officer's order when I you don't have shot. any idea what it is that they're doing? Like, I understand why you take a person who's committed a crime and lay them on the ground in order to uh, you know put the cuffs on them or if they're dangerous or something like that. But if I'm just sitting in a bar, what's my obligation as a citizen? Gun. I thought Being I was shot. A, I thought I was a sovereign and Taser. I thought that I was a I thought I, you know, owned myself. But apparently when a guy comes in who's been uh, who's got a badge on, I've got to do what he says and then I can ask questions later. But I've been robbed of my freedom at that point. Mm-hmm. That's right. If I'm a slave, uh, I mean, you know, I understand that certainly life was worse for for slaves at one point, but I'm still obligated to follow what this guy says. I'm still his slave. That's right. Just because he doesn't ride up on a, a horse and carry a whip doesn't mean he's not your master. So, an acquaintance uh, against... What does Chicken Hawk mean? Well, 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 we'll get to it. All right. Uh, saw the police shove an 80-year-old man to the ground because he was moving too slowly. Why? No questions. Do what you're told or we will arrest you. The officers threatened jail time to anyone asking why they were be held, or being held against their will. The search and seizures began. Everything in everyone's pockets was taken away. Well, why? None of your GD business! Get back on the floor and shut the hell up! Driver's licenses were taken and put to a lap tra- uh, laptop screening. What are you looking for? I said shut the F up! These, by the way, are the same tactics that are used by armed robbers. Um, if, yeah. if I know that I saw Die Hard, and I thought the villains were very cool in it, the way that they were calm and, and uh, mm-hmm. very refined the whole way through it. However, if you want to get somebody to comply with you, you yell at them, you demean them, you show them no opportunity of, uh, to, to, to talk back. You do not, excuse me, sir, if you do not get on the ground, I will put a bullet in your head. That <laughs> is not the proper way. I mean, you know, maybe there are instances where it can be done, but not an armed robbery. In an armed robbery, you scream at them, you you scare the crap out of them, so, and you get them to comply as quickly as possible. The only way that, that soft-spoken uh, approach works is if you actually put a bullet through one of them the first time someone disobeys. Yep, that much is true. And then everyone starts, you know... Yep, yep. I, I, I think you're probably cops, right. If the cops were to actually put a bullet through someone, then they'd have reports to fill out. And they didn't put any yeah. bullets in anyone in this case. They don't case. like all that Thank paperwork. Goodness. We'll explain to you what they did do here in moments, and what this was all about, and we'll explain what a chicken hawk is. Coming up in hour number three, this is is Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. 
on your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Of course, a lot to talk about here tonight. Your calls, if you make them about what you want. We start out by continuing a story that we got into at the very end of the last hour. HuffingtonPost.com is reporting that back in September, Atlanta, Georgia, 11.30 p.m. at the Eagle, somebody yelled, hit the oh, ground! The Eagle. Oh, you've been... <laughs> <laughs> I, shouldn't, I shouldn't admit that. Okay, go on. Okay, so somebody yelled, hit the ground! And all of a sudden, 30 cops bust into this bar Yelling, screaming, and ordering everyone on the ground. They push an 80-year-old man on the ground because he was moving too slowly, just yelling at everybody, uh, F, you know, shut the F up, shut the F up. If you ask questions, they would threaten to arrest you. They took everything out of everyone's pockets. Nick Kapersky was enraged. He knew he'd done nothing wrong, yet there he was, lying on the floor, face down, his pockets emptied. He had it better than some of the others, like Dewan Ray, one of the bar's managers. Ray was handcuffed on the back deck. Why are you doing this? I hate queers, a cop said. Other officers, some plain-clothed, some uniformed, walked around the bar demanding to know who was in the military, threatening to report them to their commanding officer. Grief. This is a lot more fun than raiding niggers with crack. Dwayne Ray heard one white officer say this to another. Other cops were high-fiving each other. For almost two... This, you know, I'll give you a little little look into the mentality of the police forces of America. For almost two hours, Mark Danak, Nick Kopersky, and 60 other gay men were forced to lay face down on the bar's filthy floors. Well, I, well I, I, this is a part of this that I'm questioning, is these men are being called gay because they were at a particular bar. At a gay bar. I've been at gay bars. I'm not gay. Okay. So, I mean, the, the, this is what is, you know, the, walking around asking people in the military, what kind of proof do you have this guy's gay? I mean, there's only None. one thing that makes you gay. Yeah, you're right. They don't have any proof. They're just being jerks, intimidating, and being douchebags. Uh, because, you know, they've got power, and they're willing to wield it over people. The driver's license screening revealed nothing. 62 men and the cops didn't find a suspended license, criminal, prior, wow. nothing. Can you believe it? Not even a parking ticket. I can't believe it. The search and seizure... I cannot believe it. They went through 62 people, yeah. and they didn't find one thing wrong with their driver's licenses and, and all that other stuff. No yeah. outstanding warrants, nothing. Not only that, but they also didn't uncover anything in the search and seizure. There were no drugs, not even a joint. This actually doesn't surprise me terribly, being that that was a leather bar. What does that mean? Uh, well, it's, <laughs> oh it's, it's, it's kind of, um, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I think it's like... Like, um, Leatherman, they seem to, they, a lot of them are very, you know... Straight edge? Yeah, kind of straight edge when it comes to things like drugs So this is like the Blue Moon like and... Because they're not straight edge in their, like, personal, you know, their sex life and everything. They're, they, get, they get pretty hardcore, but yeah. 
you know, they're, they're, they're very, um, meticulous about, for, you know, not, not completely. I mean, there's exceptions, but there's a lot of, you know, sort of like being responsible about it because if you're engaged in like, you know, say some kinky activity or whatever, you don't want to be like not clear headed at the time because mm-hmm. it could be dangerous, you know, or something. So oh they're my. actually really um, meticulous about doing things safely and carefully and correctly and all that stuff. So this is one of those bars like from Police Academy where the, you know, the, the guys show up and then the, the, the tango music plays and, and the guys <laughs> in the, like the leather chaps and the and the hairy chests and stuff come out and want to dance. I, I, I guess. I don't, I don't you know guess that you scene. You were there. I don't know the scene that you're talking about. I know, I know the Eagle. I don't know. You didn't see Police Academy? I um, like 20 years ago? How long ago was that? I don't know. The Blue Moon's famous. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember. So before thing. we continue here, and there's not much left to the story, because they didn't catch anybody for anything, <laughs> but what is a chicken hawk? Oh, God. <laughs> the 80-year-old Well, you know man. how you have, like, cheesecake and beefcake? No. Like, beautiful women are called cheesecake. Okay. And hunky men are called beefcake. You know, the ideas, they're, I'd never they're... heard cheesecake before. That's a new one. I thought cheesecake was a type of uh, photograph that one took of uh, generally women, which was like semi, it was very provocative. However, it didn't show any of the real naughty parts. Uh, well, okay. Like, My generally... understanding was just cheesecake was a term for referring to like sexy women and beefcake. I've never heard it used in term for term for, for hunky men, okay. you know, muscular beefcake. I've definitely know? heard beefcake. And, yep. and so chicken is a term for younger men who, you know, they're not quite beef yet. So they're chicken. Gotcha. Got it. And a chicken hawk would be somebody is like an older chicken. man who likes, you know, yeah, me, I'm a chicken hawk. I see. <laughs> so you're the gay version of a cougar? <laughs> yeah, I'm a cougar. <laughs> All right, now we know. Oh, uh, so the search and seizure uncovered nothing. And finally, the men were ordered to leave the bar, but without their cell phones, without their wallets, and without their other personal belongings. What? Not a single man was arrested. Or given an apology. So they were just robbed. Or given a reason for why they were held against their will. Or were told how they could get their personal possessions back. Good luck, guys. Good night. Get out of here. Yep. Can you believe That's that? That's absolute harassment. I, it, it's it's hard to believe in the in these times that that, that happened. Is it hard it, it to believe, It sounds like it flashed back 30 years. Now, does it sound like that? Because it sounds to me like exactly what they've done to... Uh, and if Julia were on the show here tonight, she would t- she would have something to say about this because she's told me stories. She's been to so many clubs uh, when she was younger The uh, you know for the rave parties mm. that were being yeah. thrown. And this stuff would happen to the ravers on a regular basis. Uh, the police would come in, flip all the lights on, order everybody down on the ground, handcuff people, search them, and I don't know if they ever took everyone's stuff, so that might be pretty extreme compared to this, but, but most of this, I've heard it all before. I can't believe they're not concerned about lawsuits out the wazoo for... Uh, you know, raiding without a, a permit with no justification. You know, I, I, I mean, and I'm, you know, I don't know. I, I'm coming from a position of knowing that they do, they do violate their own laws that they claim to follow all the time. But I would think they do it a little more discreetly. This is just so overt. So blatant. Yeah. There's right on the open with so many witnesses. Uh, there's like, you know. Uh, that's what gets me. I can I, I can picture them doing it to people kind of out in the middle of the night. You know, they pull a car over and there's two or three people in the car mm-hmm. and they can violate all kinds of search 
search and seizure, uh, you know, they Fifth must, Amendment. But Dale, they must just feel that immune. They must feel that invincible. Yep, that's got to be mean. what it is. Because I can understand why they would do it to a bunch of kids in a cornfield dancing, uh, you know, on, on... No, they do it in clubs. They would do it to clubs. It's Fine. just like this. Fine. You know, kids just don't have the resources that True, adults these do. these are grown males. And um, also, uh, when you're do- talking about gay men, you're generally talking about a larger-than-average uh, disposable income. Because they don't have children, and children mm-hmm. are extraordinarily expensive things. That's mm-hmm. why they have a terminology for dual income, no kids, dinks. And um, <laughs> that's what you and Julia yes. are. Yeah, the marketing community refers to couples with no kids as dink. Yeah, and, and gays uh, that are in a, in a relationship are dinks, um, but I don't think Not they... always, but mostly. <laughs> yeah, that, that much is true. Yeah. What's I know that one ex- I've known exceptions. What's, sure. what's a dink? From dual, the gay term. Oh, no. Dual oh, income, no same, I thought it was like same a different thing. slang term. Okay. No, there isn't. And um, most, and most gay couples are dink. Gotcha. Yeah. So they, um, I, I can under, but so to go after people that are reasonably well off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's risky. Can, or, um, you know, can get a lawyer. And, 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 yeah, and probably have a pretty good idea of their rights according to the law. And, and they have okay. interest groups that intend to protect their, I mean. It's <laughs> brazen. There are lots of gay rights interest groups that are going to be very interested in this case. I'm going to be oh, awfully yeah. shocked if uh, ACLU doesn't get involved in this or something. Well, there's a little bit more to the story. Turns out eight staff members were arrested that night, but just the staff, and put in jail without bond. The charge? Dancing in their underwear without a permit. <laughs> if it weren't for the intervention of two Atlanta City Council candidates who contacted a judge who, set, who then set bail, the men would have spent the weekend in jail. Lawyer retained to defend the bar made this public statement saying the situation is such that the police were coming in for the least serious ordinance violation of all time, dancing around in their underwear. Usually such violations will lead to simple citations to employees of an establishment, but the fact that police searched all the customers is a direct violation of constitutional rights. They had no right to search them, look in their pockets for drugs, or detain them. At this stage, it seems to me what occurred was a serious constitutional violation to everyone in the place. And I'd say he's absolutely right about that. And it'll be interesting to see what uh, becomes of this, if anything at all. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I must say that I'm not looking to go out um, to, you know, places and see gay men dancing in their underpants. That's not what I'm looking for in my bar. However, I'm not going to go to the leather guy bar, you know. They, I, I think that I think that people that want to see this kind of behavior generally are pretty good at, uh, you know, sec- cordoning themselves off from, from decent society, if, if you want to use that terminology. I, I just, Let them dance, jerks. 800-259-9231. Just, they're just intolerant bigots. And you can tell from the things they were saying as they were uh, doing the raid. It's awful. 800-259-9231. Of course, all these folks have to pay this police department. They're paying property taxes to pay these people's salaries. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Nutritious vitamins and minerals and a delicious chocolate taste for your picky eaters. Be sure to visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. With kids, food battles are more about control than about food. If you want to avoid a battle with your picky eater, give them a say in what they eat. At dinner, let them choose between broccoli or fruit salad. At the supermarket, give them three cereals to pick from. The more control they have, the less there is to argue about. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. Talk Live, bring up anything by dialing toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the chat room. It's free. Chat.freetalklive.com. Open 24 hours a day. Best time is during the live show. Chat.freetalklive.com. 
Interested in journalism and passionate about liberty? Learn about print, broadcast, or investigative journalism by interning at a newspaper, media network, or state policy organization. The program includes a week-long career workshop, stipend, and housing housing assistance. Receive mentoring and job search assistance during and after your internship. Placements are available during the spring, summer, and fall. Apply for a spring placement by November the 15th, so right around the corner, three days from now, at libertarianinternships.com. That's libertarianinternships.com. All right, toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. We just told you about the Eagle Bar down in Atlanta. Uh, The Atlanta Eagle Gay Bar down there was raided, and it was back in September. They were raided at uh, presumably gunpoint. These cops have guns on them. They're willing to use them. And 60 people were shoved to the ground, including uh, somebody, an an octogenarian, shoved to the ground, threatened, yelled at, uh, intimidated, called names, just the cops were just nasty and mean as they tend to be. And there's a little bit more here that uh, kind of a more updated story. It looks like the employees are vowing to fight the charges. The charges are that they were violating their license, the bar's license, by dancing in their underwear without a permit. Apparently you need to be licensed to dance in your underwear in Atlanta. It's not, not enough that you have to be licensed to be full nude, as it is in many places, but to just simply dance in underwear, you need to have a government permission slip. Well, I wonder what defines underwear. That's another good question. And, um, you know, I mean, What about my thermals from up here in New Hampshire? Would that be considered uh, underwear? I, it, it's the sexiest thing I've ever seen, I can tell you that, Ian. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, so if I was to wear... Wait, you've seen me dancing in my thermals? Well, I've just seen you in your thermals, and oh, I can okay. only imagine what you would be like dancing in them. Um... <laughs> The way they hang off of your stick-thin body. <laughs> <laughs> like sheets on a, a lot of clothesline. <laughs> the, um, billow, billowing as you move about. <laughs> showing your ribcage now can and then. You, can you tie a string to the edges? and? No. Sorry. <laughs> Get a hold of yourself. I'm not going to... Yeah. Yes, it's like so taking you a skeleton and animating it and making it, making it. <laughs> okay, move on, Mark. <laughs> giving it, <laughs> giving it Asperger's syndrome and making a deal with people. <laughs> okay, so now I completely lost. That's my all right. They had an underwear If I were to wear a pair of shorts, but with, but not wear any underpants under it, and then dance around and say a tight pair of hot pants, but no underwear, would I be dancing in my underwear because I don't have anything under under there? I, you know, I, don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I could I wear provocative know. clothing that isn't my under. I just don't know what was going on. Well, I do know that the small crowd gathered at, at 10th Street and Piedmont Avenue in Atlanta for an underwear protest raise, uh, to raise continued awareness about the Atlanta Police Department's raid on the Eagle. Approximately 10 people, some wearing boxer shorts and bikini briefs over their blue jeans, stood at the corner holding signs that stated the September 10th raid violated the bar's employees' and patrons' constitutional rights. Uh, that story over at Sovo.com, another one at publicbroadcasting.net from WABE. Employees of a midtown gay bar arrested during a controversial police raid will be taking their case to trial. And according to uh, the, radio, or the radio station or TV station here, they're vowing to fight the charges. It took only seconds for Municipal Judge Crystal Gaines to set a trial date for the employees. They have set it for February 4th, so it's coming up. Atlanta police say they acted on two anonymous tips. Typical of the police. So they don't actually have any kind of responsibility here. Nobody will take responsibility for this. They're anonymous tips. So somebody just, they allege, you know, they don't have to prove that anybody ever even made these tips. They can just allege that they received anonymous tips. Right. In any other business, there's a paper trail. You can follow things back. (laughs) Apparently, they're not required to document these tips. They're not required to record them. Anything like that. I want to know that the tip actually occurred. 
show me proof. The tips alleged drug use and sexual activity at the bar. Officers conducted surveillance on several occasions before storming the bar. More than 20 officers, including APD's Red Dog unit, their drug unit, were involved. I wonder if that's the same unit that busted into the uh, the old lady's house and shot her to death. No, I can say with all honesty, uh, I didn't go there a lot. I've been there a few times, and I, I never saw sexual activity in there. Uh, they said, say no drugs were found, no one was arrested for illegal sexual activity, but eight employees charged with code violations. Either they're going to drop the charges or we're going to trial, according to the attorney representing the employees. I don't know what they could have imagined that they were going to find there if you're just going to bust in and do a raid. I mean, they would actually do, have to be doing the sexual activity at the time of the raid, the raid. which seems unlikely to me. I mean, if you want if you if you want to catch them, you need to send guys in as um, undercover Gay guys in leather or whatever. But none of these cops wanted to do that. They're a little well, too tough for that. They? Even if there is sexual activity going on, it's a private club. It's a, it's a private establishment. Maybe they're not selling memberships, but it's still private. You know that when you go into an, an adult establishment, that, it, what you're likely to find. You're, and if you don't know, when you get there, you can turn around and walk back out if you don't like what you see. So I don't care personally if they are, you know, giving BJ's on stage. I don't give a damn if they're having anal uh, sex on stage. It's none of my business. I think I'd like a little bit of warning. I think that that would be fair. I but think that'd I, be fair. Sure. But I agree that um, that that you know that it, it's a it's an issue of degrees. Do you I, think that I, people should be able to? I think. To, uh, in fact, I think that I'm not sure if they still do this. It may not. It may be overkill now. But I know that uh, there's a number of times that I've. Seen bars in, in, in not just in Atlanta, but in other cities as well, where there's a sign on the door big for people to read that says, This is a gay bar. <laughs> you know, they want to let, they don't want to be secretive about it. They want to, you know, they, they don't want someone to walk in and go, Oh my God, this isn't what I expected. Right. You know? Well, I've been and to bars that I've can kind of, uh, I, I remember getting in an argument with a woman a who bar. was hitting on me in a gay bar, and I was, and really aggressively, and I'm like, You, you know, I was telling her, no, I'm I'm gay, and she didn't believe me. I'm like, go read the front door. Why do you think I would be, I wouldn't come here if I wasn't? <laughs> so according to uh, the lawyer, the lawyer says, I'll say again, what we did uh, doesn't violate the law. I'm not asking for a favor from the city. Says his clients won't back down, and apparently neither will the city. A choice that Begner speculates comes from high up. The decision may have come from the mayor, it could have come from the chief of police, it could have come from elsewhere, but I think wherever it came from, I think the decision on whether the charges should be dropped come from the same place. Calls to the mayor's office were not returned by deadline. Meanwhile, the Eagles co-owner says he's disappointed the attention remains on the alleged code violations and not what he calls improper police action. Officers detained and searched more than 60 patrons. Some have filed complaints with the APD that officers used excessive force and homophobic language. Gay, straight makes no difference, says the attorney. This is about the whole civil rights of human beings, not just people at a gay bar. Another attorney is handling a potential suit against the city of Atlanta based on the alleged civil rights violations. He says ultimately his clients want police accountability. Good luck. I hope they get it, but I don't. I wouldn't keep my fingers crossed on it. Says a good start would be to simply admit they broke the law, to admit their wrongdoing, to acknowledge that what they did was illegal, and to apologize would certainly be a heck of a good start. How many out of those four do you think they'll get? They won't get any apology. Nope. I don't think they'll get any of it. Now, 
the chief of the police. Oh, I think department. they've messed with the wrong people in this particular instance, and that they uh, they're gonna they're gonna find that this bull has horns. Um, I think that they they for whatever reason these guys you know they got a little too big. These cops got a little too big for their britches. They went in and messed with the wrong folks, and I think that they these are the same cops that got away with killing an old woman in her in her home, shooting her to death on a on a drug raid. So the police chief, by the way, has apologized for certain aspects of the raid, although he stopped short of it, admitting any wrongdoing. Police continue their internal investigation, which we'll probably find that everything was by the book. Everything's A-OK here in Atlanta. Free Talk Live. If you're paying more than fourteen ninety five per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast, and at fourteen ninety five per month, it's cheaper than dial up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and twenty four hour a day free local tech support with no setup fees. Restrictions apply. Call one eight six six two get net. That's one eight six six the number two get net, or go to dslextreme.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are free. And those features include the bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. Lots to talk about there. Serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. Take the startpage.com seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, and unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. Start the seven-day challenge today at startpage.com. All right, so uh, we're continuing here, and just a few more thoughts on the Atlanta Eagle Raid. It's a bar. It's a a gay bar, but that's not really the point. Uh, It's a bar, and the people that were, um, were, were there one night in September were subjected to being forced onto the ground, onto the dirty bar floor. And it's not dirty because it's a gay bar. It's, bars floors are, tend to be pretty nasty. Uh, they were forced onto, Take it the, easy. It's fine. onto the ground, <laughs> and they were forced to stay there for about an hour's time as their pockets were emptied, and then the police left with the contents of their pockets after making nasty comments and uh, bigoted comments toward the, uh, the people that they were raiding. They arrested uh, eight of the employees for dancing in their underwear without a permit, Apparently, and there are some lawsuits that are, are are to be filed. At least one lawsuit will be filed in this case for the the victims. Uh, in this case, the uh, the attendees of the bar plus the employees themselves will be fighting the charges in court. And at this point, the city's not backing down. The police are not admitting any wrongdoing whatsoever. They claim they've got their internal investigation going on. And as we've seen over the years, that whenever the police have an internal investigation as to some alleged wrongdoing by the police officers. The internal investigations come back 99.9% of the time, and they say, well, we've checked it out. Looks like our officers were doing everything by the book, even when they called you uh, effing fags. You know, that's what they'll come and back and say. And this is why a monopoly on violence doesn't work and can never work. What do you mean by that? The, the, they, they are doing an investigation on themselves. There's no <laughs> accountability when you have that much power. And that's why, you know, we... The only way a government, the only way governments can work is if they are not monopoly, they are not authoritarian monopolies on violence. Oh, don't worry, Dale. In Atlanta, they've got the Citizen Review Board. That'll help keep the police in line. <laughs> uh, 
I think it. I think it helps. Really? But Did it, it help that old woman from being shot to death in her home? It didn't help. How about all the other stories that don't involve old ninety-year-old women that we don't hear about? I think that it uh, it moves it moves the 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 corruption meter up a tick or two, but it's still in real bad shape. Yeah. Because the the citizens have a tendency on these boards. They re, they're really just politicians of a low level, and they're incentivized to rubber stamp the system. Well, there is a website uh, for those that are perhaps in the Atlanta area or those that want to follow this story. I would like to, to you know, certainly hear about this as, uh, as more comes out. So if you hear about it before we do, please let us know. AtlantaEagleRaid.com. They've set up this website to help people out that maybe were involved that, uh, at that night and kind of give them some information. AtlantaEagleRaid.com. And, of course, on there they have a... a a page called How to File Complaints, as though it will actually do anything to file complaints. I mean, you can try it. If it makes you feel better to go and file a complaint with the with the police, you, you do need to understand, though, of course, that when you file a complaint with the police, it, it has no weight whatsoever. It's just a, an administrative complaint. So they can investigate it and do nothing. There's no actual... And they look after their own, so right. that's probably exactly what will happen. There's no actual criminal liability. When you file a complaint against a police officer through their administrative process, it's just a piece of paper that goes into a file somewhere. And they can investigate it to whatever extent they want to. So they can look at it, glance at it, oh, Eagle Raid, we'll just put that over here. There's their investigation, right? They don't have to do anything. In fact, Dale, you were talking during the break about a, a video that you saw, and I've seen it as well, from the, compl- uh, the police complaint center wherein they go around to police department to police department and they and it actually took place in Florida but I think they've done it in some other places around the country they get similar results and what happens is it's all completely different they'll go from department to, to department and experience different uh responses when they're just asking for a complaint form that's the that was the sole purpose of the undercover they essentially just send yeah. a guy in with a video camera. They did, I don't even think they had any plans to actually file it. They just wanted to see if they that's could right. get a form. That, and, that's and all. The, and the crap they went through. To get uh, a form and to leave wow. with the form. That's yeah. what he wanted to do. He wanted to take the form out of the police department. So in some cases, they would have a form and give it to him, and he would be able to leave with it. Very few cases would he be able to do that. Right. Yeah. And they don't want cases, to let that form out of their hands because what they're concerned with is that it'll somehow get up the ladder to, to somebody that they can't, you know, some way they can't control it. All right, you can fill it out and hand it back to me. Well, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and ideally, yeah, that's just, they don't even want him to fill out the form, really. They want to discourage him. from. Most of that's them right. were discouraging him from even complaining. They were saying, just tell me what happened, and then they were just going to, you know, smooth it out and not have him file a complaint form at all. They were going to intimidate him out of filing the complaint form in the first place. Absolutely. They don't even want it on the books. So, so if he could get his hands on the form, which is rare, then they would not let him leave with the form, typically. Oh, nope, you got to fill that out right here. And so, well, what if I don't want to fill that out right here? What if you're the officer that I'm complaining about? <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't want to tell you if you are or not, but what if you are? <laughs> like you want me to fill this complaint form out about you in front of you? But in a lot of the cases, as you say, Dale, they wouldn't even let him have the form, let alone let him leave with the form. There was incredible amounts of intimidation. Yeah, well, trying to uh, essentially badger him to giving them information, giving them personal identifying information when he made it clear he wanted to submit an anonymous complaint. Maybe he wanted it for his friend, in fact, was some of the time, some of the things he would say is that, they, you know, this isn't even for me. My guy, yeah. my friend's too afraid to come in here and see you people because of what your <laughs> officer did to him. So I'm trying to get this complaint form to take to him, and you won't even let me do that. 
Well, tell me more about your friend. Tell me where did this happen? Who was the officer in charge? Sit down. We need to, we need to start preparing our. We needed to start preparing our uh, explanations and our uh, right. stories. You know, we need to start coordinating our stories before you file something. It was really, uh, and, and in some cases, in one case they they hurt the guy. In another case, they threatened him with a, at least one other case, maybe more than that. It's been a while since I've seen the video. They threatened him with arrest just for asking questions. Yeah. About their complaint process. It's crazy. So I would recommend if you want to see that. The thin uh, blue line. They, yeah. They have it at the, the Police Complaint Center, and I think it's policecomplaintcenter.com, but I'm, I'm not certain if you, I'm sure if you start com. page it, uh, that you, it will come up. It's a great organization that was started by a former cop. So this guy knows exactly what the system is about. He knows the thin blue line. He knows how they protect one another, and he knows how to get them to respond in ways that make them look terrible on video. And so he's, uh, he's been, Diop Kamau is the guy's name. He's been doing a fantastic job of this. And usually what happens is uh, news organizations around the country will hire him to audit the local police departments. So if there's some shenanigans going on in the local police department, uh, he's a great guy to reach out to. Um, Police Complaint Center. All right, so 800-259-9231. That's about all on that story. But, Mark, you've got something you want to share with us. Yeah, in the world of uh, things you didn't know were illegal, uh, from Palm Springs, California. That's a big world, by the way. (laughs) Palm Springs, California, from the Associated Press. Palm Springs man who was never in the military has been charged with wearing the Navy's highest honor. Federal prosecutors in Los Angeles say 39-year-old Stephen Burton was photographed wearing the Navy Cross along with the Bronze Star, the Purple Heart, and other medals. The U.S. Attorney's Office said Wednesday that a Navy commander attending her high school reunion noticed Burton wearing a Marine uniform with the medals, and which I guess is odd, and uh, contacted the FBI. I, I don't know that it's odd. I don't know anything about it. I just think it's odd. Wait a minute. I, wait, wait. Were the medals Marine medals? Um. It says it's the Navy's highest honor, the Naval Cross, so he was which I imagine. wearing a Marine mar- uniform with naval medals on it. Yeah, the Marines are a you know sort of sub branch of the Navy, Department mm. of Navy, and, and you know a lot of the medals you have to buy them yourself. You earn them, and you have the right to wear it, but you have to order it or buy it at the store, at the commissary, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if that applies to all of them. I just know like I actually earned one for being. I was in the Navy during the the uh, the Operation Desert Storm, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, that you get a medal for being in the in the military during that time period. Whether you were, I wasn't there. <laughs> I was in training, yeah. but I I, I I was awarded the right to wear a medal. I had to go buy one. So I, there's, there's a little bit. There's there's more here. Yeah, I want to find out about this because the woman called the FBI on this guy just because she had suspicions. There's more I here. I think Eight, this was a guy actually. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything, even in these remaining moments. Enough time for your call. You make it right now to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features if you enjoy the show. 
you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to join up. Get access to perks like the Amp Only Call In Lines, Chat Room, Forum, the uh, the Amp Only Podcast, and more. And plus, we'll take that money in and reinvest it into the show. It's not going into paychecks. It's going into getting this show on more radio stations across the country, bringing more internet listeners on board and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. And the radio stations are coming on at a much faster clip than they ever have in the past because success breeds success, and it's a business full of followers. So once uh, a few big radio stations take a show, more of the smaller stations take the show, the bigger the number. You hear that program directors are listening now? You're a bunch of sheep. Well, <laughs> That's what no, you're saying, isn't it? That's not what I'm saying. No, the program directors have taken our show are a bunch of, of trailblazers. They are trailblazers. <laughs> But they're following some of the other trailblazers. <laughs> Just ask for the amp money, you're still man. At the, you're, you're still you're, at, at this point coming on board as a radio station. You're still one of the initial hundred, and I would say that would make you still a trailblazing station. But you're kind of packing down the trail at, at this point uh, to, to some extent. <laughs> you're a somewhat adventurous sheep. You're not a trailblazer. You're like a trail flicker. <laughs> anyway, today I got a, a signed agreement from two new stations in Alabama. I'm not going to mention where at this point, but it's good news. Good news indeed. So become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com and join Dale. Uh, get more of his thoughts and ideas and cartoons over at anarchyinyourhead.com. Uh, and, of course, that is his site. Uh, you will get... Oh, sorry. There is a new cartoon coming up very soon. It's been a very long time. Oh, excellent. <laughs> since the last tune was out. So so you can go over there and uh, get all the whole backlog of all of them uh, at anarchyinyourhead.com and read some essays and stuff like that from Dale. And by soon, I mean tonight when I get back. Oh, yeah. right on. And one other thing. What if you found out the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? It's happening. You can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we go to your calls, Dan, is... Do you want me to finish the last two lines? Oh, thank you. Yes, briefly. Okay. Um, What is this about? The woman snitched on a guy because he was wearing some medals that she thought were fake? A Navy commander attending her high school reunion noticed Burton, that's this gentleman, um, wearing a Marine uniform, and uh, she decided to call the FBI as a result with with some Navy medals on it. um, Was this a real fat guy? Because there was a story in the news about something like this a this year ago. This is from ago. November the 12th. Okay, so it's 2009. Fresh. Okay. Because so, this has happened before. We've actually had a story like this on the air in the past. Yep. So, anyway. Um, so she knew him because it was a high school reunion, and she she knew, hey, this guy didn't go to the military. I don't know what she knew. <laughs> she said that she called, and I don't know why she called. It's well, a very been short less, article. It would have been less likely had she just been in some random bar and spotted a guy in a, in a uniform, right? I mean, in, in this case, it's a high in school reunion. In this case, reunion. he was wearing a Marine uniform with Navy uh, medals, so I don't. Uh, that, that, that's what I get the impression tipped her off. I don't know. Authorities say Burton claimed to on the Internet postings that he served in Afghanistan and Iraq. He's expected to surrender Thursday to face a uh, charge of unauthorized wearing of military medals and <laughs> should face up to a year in federal prison if convicted. Crazy. There is no telephone listing uh, for a Stephen Burton in Palm Springs. And I just thought it was, you know, I, I, did you know it was illegal to wear medals? Yes. I didn't. I, I didn't know that. Um, I, think I, I think I knew it now, but I didn't know it at one point. I remember in high school, you know, you're doing the punk rock thing. I kind of would decorate with some interesting stuff that you find and so i had some military it's medals a, yeah. on a leather jacket of mine it's illegal or it's a violation of the military code of of uh, or universal code of 
Oh. He's you not form code, code military code. He is not a member of the military. He is being charged with unauthorized wearing a military medal. Oh, I thought it he was a Marine wearing... up to a year in federal prison if convicted. No, he just okay. has the garb. He just has the, the I uniform. I thought he was a Marine wearing a Navy uniform. I yep. missed that part. I'm sorry. Yeah, this so, guy's yeah. just a, a fraud. And, you know, I, I, this is, it just goes to show how the government tends to sort of protect its own and, and elevate the status of its own. Mm-hmm. If I claim to have been in a movie or claim to have been a stockbroker, uh, unless I was claiming to be a stockbroker and try to take your money as a person who has a blue sky license. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, how many people claim to be a doctor or a lawyer or something when right. they're trying to pick up a those woman? Are, right. Those are, those are ex- excellent examples that get done all the time. I mean, you know, with a movie, I might get caught. It's not illegal. Right. So, But it is illegal to claim to have been in the military. And, you know, with, well, with you're just some, somebody yakking, that's one thing. Wearing the yeah. uniform, something else. Because they, they want to assign a a sort of... Uh, a worshipful yep. status. You're better if you work it's, for the government. It's magical. Period. When you stick a badge on, they want that to have a magical properties, and and they've they've they, uh, you know they've got people thinking about it in those terms. It's almost like it's almost a holy symbol. It, that's exactly how it's treated. All right, let's go to your calls and talk to Dan in Pennsylvania. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys. Hey. Uh, Yesterday night, a guy called in from Canada, I believe it was yesterday, about uh, gun control. And uh, he he was sort of uh, asserting the idea that maybe uh, fewer guns means less crime and uh, talked about the higher crime rate in Pennsylvania, that's where I live, in the United States Mm -hmm. uh, as compared to Canada. And here's what I think. Now, I I haven't studied this very deeply, but I have looked into it, and on the surface, uh, I think that the... Maybe the amount of guns to you know ratio of guns to people doesn't have as much to do with it as either the advocates or the detractors of gun control claim. I think that it has more to do with prohibition. Now they they have more liberal gun or more liberal uh, drug laws in Canada. In most European countries where they cite gun control and lower crime, the laws are at least a little bit more liberal. But also in America, regardless of what the laws say. We put on the order of billions and billions of more dollars into prohibition than those other countries do, which results in higher black market prices, which corresponds inevitably to more crime. Yeah, but but not all gun crime has necessarily anything to do with uh, drug deals. It's, 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 good, it's a good point to bring up because I try to bring this up when people talk about how there's not ev- – they try to say, well, there's no evidence that – Ban- that that uh that not banning guns results in less crime and 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 it's really a weird kind of take because everywhere where they've you know the only t- the only way to really do a good comparison is take somewhere where they basically the only thing that changed was gun laws and then look at the effect on the crime rate and uh there, what what there isn't any evidence of is evidence of gun control reducing crime uh, that but that's a negative statement right there's no evidence that Passing gun control reduces crime, and and there are all these other factors affecting crime rates. And I've and I've I've always I thought that the police state I would say in the broader sense the police state is what makes crime so much worse here than in places where there isn't as much of an intrusive police state. 
I don't know. There's police states in lots of places. Um, you know, I I think that America is just more filled with pioneer types that are a little more rough and ready. I, that's that's my opinion. Americans are just a little more I, criminally minded. I don't think you're giving enough credit to Island, to I the guess. state for fouling things up here. Maybe. Well, Dan, um, you... But I would like to, to to say that I don't think that the gentleman who called in last night, um, the Canadian guy, was claiming that it reduces crime in general. He was. T- Basically, to me, claiming that it reduced crime and severity. So somebody who may have decided to shoot someone would instead decide to stab them. So therefore, that person would be more likely to live. Generally, when you hear about somebody being killed with a knife, they've been not been killed like you see in Hollywood with one stab, but in killed with like 37 stab mm-hmm. wounds. And so it gives you know somebody. He was definitely of, making that point last night. You're right about that's that. What I, so it, it was about severity. And I understand where he's coming from. And in a perfect world where you could get rid of all guns, I think you could talk about less uh, less crime. However, what he was really proposing was not getting rid of guns, but concentrating them in the hands of the bureaucrats. And I think that that's, um, you know, that, that's an issue of tyranny. And, and is that the world you want to live in? No, and I'm, it doesn't help crime because they can't teleport to your house when you're being attacked. I'd like to respond to what Dan was suggesting, though, and and it's my understanding you were saying, Dan, that you thought that prohibition may be one of the major factors as why there's more violent crime in the United States as opposed to Canada. That's what you were getting at, right? Certainly not the you know the only factor, but I bet if you repealed all drug laws in this country and then gave everyone who is, you know mentally capable, like not a psycho, a gun, I bet we would have the lowest crime rate in the world. Next I, I, I bet you're right. Even if you didn't do the latter part, even if you just repealed the drug laws, you'd have dramatically lower crime and perhaps the lowest crime rate in the world. That that may be a possibility. But to suggest that there's a significant difference between the prohibitions between this country and Canada is, I think, not not accurate. Canada it, definitely has lighter uh, drug sentencing for, you know, for ca- for cannabis. It's definitely a little easier going in many places for cannabis, but all the other drugs are still illegal in Canada, and there's a prohibition on them. We have a culture of violence and a culture of fear in this yeah, country. there's that. There is definitely that. I thank you, Dan, for the call tonight. We're out of time. It's been Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Yeah, if we only had a culture of love, I think that would go a long way toward helping things. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public. 
like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.